Welcome to the Landmark Apostolic Church Podcast. We hope that this message inspires you and brings impact to your life. Enjoy the message. Amen, amen. I won't further go any further, so we're going to open Philippians chapter 3, and we're going to read two verses of Scripture, starting with chapter or verse 10, and we're going to read down to verse 11. So two portions of Scripture here. Amen, amen. Amen. Say amen when you've got it. And if you don't, it's okay. It'll be up on the screen. Don't you love technology? I recently switched up my, my, I used to preach off an iPad, and one of my friends challenged me, write out your message. And I bought a Bible, a nice new Bible, and so I was like, you know what, I I should. And I don't, it's weird. I don't think I'm going to go back (laughs) Starting off with Philippians chapter 3, verse 10 says, That I may know him, Paul speaking here, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his suffering being made comfortable unto his death, if by any means I might attain unto the resurrection of the dead. But the focus I want to be on is, and the fellowship of his sufferings being made comfortable unto his death. I want to talk to this morning for a few moments on a title that I've entitled to be offended like Jesus, to be offended like Jesus. I wonder before we go, before you're seated, if we could just go before the Lord in prayer this morning. God, I thank you, Jesus, that we have had the opportunity to come into your house. God, that we have had the opportunity, Lord, to to hear worship unto you, Lord Jesus, and that we've gotten to participate, Lord, and that you are in need of nothing, yet you desire the praises of your people, and that you give us that honor, Lord. But I pray, Lord, as we go into this time of your word, Lord, that you would make my mouth like a ready rider, Lord, that it would speak to the heart, Lord Jesus, and that we would speak to some things that we can take into our everyday lives and that it would speak to our lives and that it would edify us in Jesus' name. You said your word would not return void, Lord, and I know that to be true. In Jesus' name, amen. And you may be seated. So um, how many of you go to the gym? I do not. Never have. Don't know if I ever will. Uh, In college, it was funny. Planet Fitness used to run a college deal. And you could get, like, a monthly membership for $5 if you showed your student ID or something. And so I had a friend who he had the plus membership. So he would take a friend with him. Well, he just needed emotional support, and he took me a a couple times, which I'm the most terrible person for emotional support at the gym because I would find the one machine that you could sit down in, and I would just sit there and watch Food Network, which is totally, completely opposite of what you're probably supposed to be doing at the gym. But uh, so recently, I decided I wanted to get get in shape. Um, I recently this weekend got a phone call from my doctor that my cholesterol is high. So this is not because of my cholesterol being high. I just wanted to get abs. <laughs> but I can't do workouts like everybody else. Obviously, I'm going to injure myself. So what I decided to do is I decided to go to YouTube and I decided to search for workouts that you can do that aren't, aren't strenuous on you or anything like that. And I found this guy who is in a wheelchair and he is worse off than me. I'm like, all right, there's no way he's going to be able to do anything that I can't do because at least I can at least use crutches. And he goes, do you want abs? And I'm thinking, yes, I do want abs. I can't do sit-ups. I would love to do abs. 
and he and he shows he shows a picture of himself after six months where he's been doing these workouts. And I mean, this dude is legit. He's got abs, and it and they're wheelchair workouts. And so all he does is he just takes a medicine ball and he does uh, about five exercises in a in a sitting uh, in a sitting down position in a chair. And then he's got some bands, and he'll do that. And I'm thinking, I can do that. That's easy enough. So I got on Amazon and bought a medicine ball. And sure enough, I've missed about five days. But there's days where I see it, and I decide to, you know, use it. But it hit me. I'm not going to get his results if I don't put in the work. Just because I watched his video and subscribed to his channel and I bought the medicine ball and I've got everything within the vicinity of my workspace at home to do a workout, if I don't do it, I'm not going to be like him. If I don't share in the same experience that he has had, I'm not going to get abs. Pending. <laughs> See me in six months, I'm probably still not going to have them. But... But if I don't go through the same experience, I'm not going to get the same results. I won't be in the same place putting in without putting in a similar experience. A phrase we like to use in church, and if you've been around church five seconds, we've, we sing it in our songs, we hear it in our preaching, we, we pray it in our prayers, and we say we want to be like Jesus. That's the ultimate goal of Christianity, right? The ultimate goal of you coming to church and reading your Bible and praying and, and fellowshipping with other like believers is to be like Christ. Otherwise, what are we doing here? My ultimate goal is to be like him. And so how do we become like him? Well, we've, we've you know, Paul and throughout scripture, Paul lays out that we are to die the, die the death of Christ. I said that to a youth group once and one kid goes, I don't want to die. <laughs> I said, well, it's not that. It's a spiritual death. When we go through the spiritual death of death, burial, and resurrection, which we know to be Acts 2.38, repentance, baptism in Jesus' name, and the infilling of the Holy Ghost, then we, we have gone through Christ's death, burial, and resurrection. And, you know, we can shout about that, and we can, we can run aisles, and we can go, you know, I, I remember I came to an altar, and I remember where my life was changed, and some of you have testimonies like that. But there's things about this walk with Christ that we just kind of like to overlook. See, when we say we want to be like Christ, a lot of people in, in Christianity, when they say they want to be like Christ, we, how many of you want the miracles? Well, obviously. We would love to walk on water. We would love to speak wisdom into people's lives and their lives be changed. We would, we would love to, to cast out demons, and, and we'd love to walk on water, and we, we would love the crowd, and, and we would love all that. But there's a part of Christ that we like to ignore. Because, see, when, when we have to be like Christ, what does that mean? It's not going to be all the glamorous things. When it, when it comes to being like Christ, that comes with everything that Christ went through. See, when, when, I, when I look at, when I look at his, his death and leading up to his death, even just his everyday life, it's funny because I read the Bible sarcastically. It comes from the family I'm in. But when I read, when I read when Jesus encounters the Pharisees and the Sadducees, and, and especially the Pharisees, though, he, he says, you've heard it said this way, but I say this. And, and then when he's, when he's healing on the Sabbath and things like that, and they're saying, don't you know you're not supposed to heal on the Sabbath? And he goes, see, you're saying Sabbath was made for man, not man for Sabbath. And what he's saying there is this, is he, say, he even says, he goes, it's not work for the Son of Man. 
and they get so mad. And the reason they get so mad is because the only person that it's not work for is God manifest in the flesh. They understand that the Father is the one that it's, the Sabbath is not work for. See, God didn't have to rest on the seventh day. He chose to. And so he can do whatever he wants on the seventh day. He doesn't need to rest. He does not get tired. He does not get weary. Sabbath was for us. So when Christ says that, he offends them because they understand he is saying that he is the Father. But, but, and, and that is when they start, they, they start plotting to, to kill him. They, they start this plot to kill him. In fact, in fact the, the, they go to the high priest Caiaphas and John, and, and they say, Caiaphas, this, this man Jesus, he's going to change everything. He's, he's going to take away our way of life. And Caiaphas says this. He says, he will not, he will die for the nation. And John even says, he did not know what he spoke. Because being a high priest, he was pronouncing death over a, over a sacrifice, basically, at that point. But, but to be like Jesus, there's going to be some things that come against you. There's going to be some people that hurt you. I, I can't read the story of Christ and not see where there were people that were trying to get him. I can't read the story of Christ. To get to the point where people want to kill you, you have to offend them. We live in a world today that is so easily offended. I mean, you can't make you you can't make a reference or, to, or a joke, and you just you can't do anything. And and granted, I will say this: there are some things about that I I. It's funny. I was I was hearing a comedian that got canceled, and I'm sitting there, and he's telling the the joke he got canceled for, and I'm like, well, I wouldn't I wouldn't let any Christian re- listen to that. So I think that's okay. But understanding that there are some things people are so ready to be offended, people are just looking for a place to be offended. And, and I can say, without a doubt, everyone in here has been offended before. Everyone in here has been hurt. But we have to look, what, what does being Christ-like look like? See, we have uh, Genesis 1.26, and that is not a scripture on the Trinity. If, it is, if you have any questions about that, I can pop that balloon three different ways for you. But that's not the point of this message. But Genesis 1.26, it's a scripture that says, Let us make man in our own image and our likeness. See, we like to, we always talk about how we're made in the image of God. We're made in the image of God. We look like him, and, I, I, and we need to be holy, and I get that. But, but it goes deeper than that because that word likeness is thrown in there, and we just kind of glance over it. To be made in the image of God and his likeness, I need to have the character of Christ. I need to have the attributes of Christ. I need to show mercy. Why? Because he showed mercy. I need to show grace. Why? Because he showed grace. I need to show loving kindness. Why? Because he is loving kindness. I, I cannot say I'm a Christian if I do not show the likeness of Christ because it's in my nature. When I am filled, Paul says, in him do I live and move and have my being. Why? Because outside of him I am nothing what I was meant to be. See, in the garden, when Adam sinned, he lost sonship, and he lost his identity with man, with God. And God meant for us to be in his image and his likeness. It's not enough for us to look like him. We have to act like him. 
And acting like him and being like him is going to offend. Acting and being like him is going to disturb people. Acting and being like him, why? Because it's countercultural to what the culture says. The culture says, let people have their own truth. And he says, I am the truth and I am the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. They say, let me live my life. And he says, die out to your life. Die out to your life and pick up your cross and follow me. He, he says everything that goes against what we believe today in this world. And he says, listen, be like me. Be like me. And Paul says, follow me as I follow Christ. Because I'm, I'm not the example. You shouldn't follow a man. A man is leading you, yes, but, but you need to recognize that he is leading you to the one that is the one that you want to be like. At the end of the day, I don't want to be like my dad. I, 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 in certain elements, I do. He's a great man. But at the end of the day, I know the example he set forth for me. He and my mom have set forth for me. They set forth an example of consistency of serving the Lord, consistency of coming to church, consistency of prayer, consistency of Bible reading, consistency of fasting. I want to be like Christ. I don't want to be like anybody else. I want to be like Christ. Why? Because there's nobody else. He says, if I be lifted up, I will draw all men unto me. I don't want to lift Brandon Graham up because Brandon Graham one day is going to cease to exist and I'm going to have a new body and I can't, and it's going to be, it's not even going to be recognizable. But when I get to heaven, oh, I'm going to know him. I'm going to know his voice. I'm going to know who he is. I'm going to know his likeness. And I'm going to look at him and say, that's who I was always aiming to be. Like a, like a child would to their father or their mother. I want to be like that person. I want to be an example like that person. But I want to be like Christ. So we, we get Jesus acting, acting in ways that we, we come to Philippians. And Paul, Paul is talking and even, I excuse me, that is my timer. We are not done. <laughs> Didn't realize it was going to do that. But Paul in Philippians, he even says in chapter 2, he says, I would that you all have like mind. And he says, if therefore there be any consolation in Christ, if any comfort of love, if any fellowship of the Spirit, if any bowels of mercy, fulfill ye my joy that ye may be like-minded, having the same love, being of one accord and of one mind. Let nothing be done through strife or vainglory, but in lowliness of mind. Let each esteem other better than themselves. Look not every man on his own things, but every man also on the things of others. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. I want to be like him, to be like Jesus, but to be like Jesus means that there's going to be people that aren't going to like me. There's going to be, and not only that, <laughs> We're in church. We're all human. There's a book that's, uh, that says uh, pitiful, people are pitiful, and, or pe people are pitiful people, but people are pitiful. It's a tongue twister there. Because no matter what, I'm going to fail you. No matter what, another brother in this church, sister in this church is going to fail you. If you walk this life, there's going to be people that are going to hurt you. And there's going to be people that, that say things about you, and there's going to be things that happen to you. And, and, and it's hard sometimes because we hold on to offense so easily. Some of you probably have things from 20 years ago that you've never let go of. Somebody said something to you. Somebody, somebody did something to you. And I'm, I'm, I'm not saying a sin because there's certain things that, that are sin that people commit. And, and, but, but you know what? I'm reminded of one of the last phrases of Jesus on the cross, and he says what? Forgive them, Father, for they know not what they do.
Forgive them, Father, for they know not what they do. Now let's look and see what Jesus has gone through in this process. Jesus in this process has gone through this, this he's been mocked. They put a crown of thorns on his head. They've, they've named him king of the Jews in, in, in a, in a mocking, mockery. And they've put him on the cross. And, and they say, if you are the son of God, call angels down upon, to bring you off that cross. If you are who you say you are, and they're mocking him and they're saying, see, he has no power. He's not who he says he was. He's just another, just another guy who's, who's led us astray, and, and he's not the Messiah. And Yeah, no, 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 he's not that. But you know what? One of the scriptures that always bothers me, that bothered me for weeks, weeks and weeks, and I prayed and I asked God, why, why, why? And it was in a service, Easter service, my, my pastor's wife opens up with the scripture where it says, you know, he cries out, Ela, Ela, lama sabatni, which my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? And I thought, he cries that out in Hebrew and Aramaic. Why did they not connect the dots and say, ah, he's Messiah? They understood the, the Elisha part, or they thought they did. But in that same service, my pastor goes, at the point of this time in history, there's a, there's a process called Hellenization, which the Jews went through, and the Jews were overthrown, taken over. In Babylon, they come out of Babylon, and most Hebrews didn't, didn't understand Hebrew. Uh, or Hebrew as as ancient Hebrew, so so there was a language that, that like that's when vowels were added and things like that and didn't shake in his head. So I know I'm right on history right now, <laughs> but but they they add they changed they made the language simpler. And then when you get to the time of when Roman captivity happens, the modern language was Aramaic for the for the Hebrews. Either they would have had to understand some Greek to be able to do some business in the in the marketplace and things like that, but but for the most part they spoke Aramaic. They did not speak Hebrew. So when Jesus is crying out in Hebrew, they have lost the language. They have lost their identity. And they don't know who he is. They have no clue who he is because if they would have known their language, if they were talking like they were supposed to talk, they would have known this is Messiah. But instead, they take him through the process, and, and, this, this, and it has to grieve his heart, knowing that these are my people who I have come for, and they don't even know my voice. And, and these are my people who I, have, who I have shown miracles unto, and if they just read the scriptures. In fact, the woman with the issue of blood, she does something when she crawls under the crowd and just says, if I can just touch the hem of his garment, what was she operating under? She was operating under a scripture that says, Messiah will come with healing in his wings. That word, and it, it literally can be interpreted in the border of his garments, there will be healing. It's, he didn't have wings, but she understood. She understood something. He's Messiah. I know he's Messiah. I don't care what it looks like. I don't care what I have to do. I'm touching the hem of his garment. See, there's going to be some people that are going to come up against you, but there's going to be those that are for you. There's going to be those that are going to say, mockingly, you're not a Christian. You don't live this life. I remember what you did years ago. I remember the life you used to live. I remember who you were. You haven't changed a bit. Or, or there's going to be people that are going to say things about your, your, your character. And, and you're going to, but there's always going to be somebody in your corner saying, keep going. Keep praying. Keep coming to church. Don't give up. Don't quit. Don't quit. There are too many people that leave church over dumb reasons. 
if we were to be offended like Christ, let's, let's play it out. If, if Jesus would have been offended at the first thing, you only have to get to about Matthew chapter 3 and he's done. He could have said, you know what? If you want to be a jerk, I'll take my ball and I'll go home. But he doesn't do that. He suffers offense, he suffers offense, and he suffers offense. See, the, the scripture we read this morning, in the ESV, it doesn't, it doesn't say fellowship. It says sharing in his suffering. Because to be like Christ, I have to understand that there's going to be offenses that come against me. I have to understand that there's going to be things that hurt me. And sometimes we, we get so caught up in, well, sister so-and-so said this about me, and brother so-and-so did this, and, and they wronged me this way. The Bible, this week I helped my pastor shoot a video on anger, and he brought up a good point. He says, now there's certain situations that you can't, you can't go get reconciliation from. There's certain things that maybe it's a law-breaking thing, and the person's you know, not in prison, or maybe they're dead. But if, if the person you have issue with is, is still in person... Take, take another witness and, and, and express to them how it hurts you. And if, if they don't, if they, if they say, I'm not, for, I'm not, I'm not saying sorry, take, take two more witnesses because maybe, maybe the other person got on their side. But after that, if they still will not, then you have to leave it to God. Why? Because he says, vengeance is mine. But we are a world ready to take vengeance on each other. But if I look at the character of Christ, he never, Peter picks up a sword and cuts off the ear of a man. And, and, and Jesus just puts it and he says, put your sword away. Because that's not what I came to be. I came to be your suffering servant. I came to be uh, lowly, lowly. In fact, Isaiah 53 says this. Isaiah 53, 6 and 7 says, all we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own. And the Lord hath laid on him the iniquity of us all. He was oppressed and he was afflicted, yet he opened not his mouth. He is brought as a lamb to the slaughter and as a sheep before her shears is dumb, so he openeth not his mouth. What, am I, what are you saying, Brandon? What I'm saying is this. If you want to be like Christ, you have to follow this example somewhat. He went as a lamb before his slaughter and he spoke not a word. He spoke not a word that would incriminate him. He didn't speak a word. He didn't say, when, when Pilate says, are you king of the Jews? Pilate, you're doing the wrong. He says, thou sayest I am. And we get to a point where he says, Father, forgive them. They've, they've mocked him. <laughs> they've mocked him. They've hung him up. He's he's He's... He's exposed into the world, and there's two thieves on either side that are mocking him along with the crowd, saying, you're not really king of the Jews. You're not who you say you are. And, and he experiences all this. They don't hear his voice, and he says, Father, forgive them. How many of us could cry that out in offense? People have said things about us. People have come against us. People have hurt us. There's been trials. There's been tribulations. But how many of us could say, Father, forgive them? For they know not what they do. 
See, some of you are stronger than the people that are offending you because you have a rock that you can run to. And sometimes we forget about that and we get offended and we get into our, our camps and we say, well, I'm not going to talk to you and I'm not going to talk to you. But you know what? If you would say, this person maybe doesn't have Christ, I do. I'm going to run to the rock of my salvation. I'm going to run to the stone that the builders rejected. I run to the mountain and the mountain says, stand by me. Why? Because he's going to carry me through. Yes, it hurts. I'm not saying there's not hurt, but I'm saying don't be offended. Because to be offended like Christ is to say, Father, forgive them. To be offended like Christ is to say, is to say, um, you know what? You, you may never, I, I'm just going to give this to God. I may never get forgiveness out of you, but that's between you and God, not between me and God. Take yourself out of the situation. If the music would come. Amen, amen. We live in a world that's so ready to fight, so ready to fight. And you know, the Jews, they, when Jesus came, they, they, he comes in and, and they were expecting Messiah to be somebody that was going to throw off Rome. And, and then if you read, if you read um, scripture, you read things where Jesus tells them if a centurion comes and asks you to take their armor, take it the extra mile. Because what would happen is, is a, a Jew would be walking this way and, and a, a Roman soldier would be on horseback with the, running the other way. And he could, by law, say, you, carry my armor. We're going this way two miles. Now this dude may have had a meeting two miles down the road. But he has to do the other, he has to do what he said. And, and, they, and they were so angry about that. And Jesus says, take it the extra mile. Take it the extra mile. Because, you see, Christ, Christ did not come. He didn't come to, to throw off your adversary. He came to be your suffering servant. He came in the lowliest way possible. Growing up, my mom and dad would sing this song, Through the Fire. And I don't know what you came in here with. And this message may have been all over the place. If you don't get anything, get this. I don't know what you came in here with, but there are some things that God wants you to release right now. There's some hurts that God wants you to release. You've lived with them long enough, and he, he's saying, I want to give you more, but you're holding on to things that, that are, you know, it's funny. We, we sometimes try and bring things up from the past, and we say, God, see this, and you know what? We always talk about it's under the blood, it's under the blood. Some of us have literally been reaching down into blood for years and saying, God, look at this, and he says, that's got blood on it. Right. Right. I, I told you I, I, I threw that away. I wonder if we could all stand this morning. There's lyrics in this song that, that just say, you know, he never promised that the cross would not get heavy. He says, carry your cross. Pick up your cross and follow me. And when we actually do that, there's going to be some people that are going to snicker and sneer and say things. But there was an Ethiopian man that was... When, when, when Jesus starts to fall, he puts his hand out and helps him carry the cross. 
I don't know what offense you have in here. I don't know what hurt you have in here. I don't know what you've gone through. I don't know who you, I, I, I just, I'm not joking. I literally had this message given to me Thursday night. I had something else planned and I just couldn't get away from this. But whatever you have in this place, this altar is open. If you need to repent, I'm not, if you feel comfortable repenting in your seat, we just need to seek the face of God. If there's anything that, and if you have nothing, intercede for somebody right now. Intercede for somebody that's not here. And, and let's, just, let's just seek the face of God. Thank you for listening. Special thanks to those that give generously to this ministry. If you would like more information, please visit our website at landmarkapostolicchurch.net. But have a great day and God bless.